get ready for the Girls on Games podcast. Your weekly dose of news, reviews, and everything video games. Always served with a good helping of hype and just a pinch of salt. And now, your host, Leah. Welcome to another Girls on Games podcast. My name is Leah. I'm the host of this show. This is episode number 387, and we had a Nintendo Direct last week that uh, was pretty fruitful. So we're going to be talking a lot about that. But before we get into that, I want to introduce you to the friendly voices around this digital table. Catherine, how you doing? I'm good yourself. I'm excellent. Joelle, hi. Hi, 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 hi. <laughs> Let's get into a little bit of housekeeping before we get into the crew check-in. I'd like to remind you that if you enjoy this show, you can subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Podbean. If you'd like to get some GOG merch, you can do that by going to designbyhumans.com slash shop slash girls on games. And if you'd like to give us a tip, maybe buy us a coffee. You can do that at our Kofi. That's ko-fi.com slash girls on games. If you'd like to leave us a voice memo, you can do that inside the iHeartRadio app. Go to the Girls on Game podcast page, hit that microphone and record us a 30 second little note. All right, ladies, I feel like we haven't chatted a whole lot since last week. Even on Discord, I've been a little bit out of it because uh, I've been trying to power through some games in preparation for another game. You know, it's a hard knock life being a gamer. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to power through and I didn't make it. But it was a valiant effort. Catherine, what have you been up to this week? Um, not much. Not much. Kept it quiet. Um, I, however, booked my next tattoo session. (gasps) Did you? I finally found an artist I wanted to work with, but also um, the position of where I wanted the thing to be. Mm-hmm. So I've settled on strawberries on my neck. left shoulder. Oh, left shoulder. Oh. I thought you'd get a neck tattoo, cat. Not <laughs> yet with a fully neck, neck. Tattoo? <laughs> Yeah, a big fat neck tattoo. Come on. Like Are you going to do strawberries yeah. and with the flowers as yeah. well? Yeah, Aww. so botanical a lot, like the one I have on my thigh, but like yeah. more expanded. Yeah, And it's going to like the way she said it was like, oh, it would be nice to have like three strawberries on your shoulder and then have like the flowers and the leaves go down your clavicle. Oh, um, wow. So uh, I'll, what's her Instagram? Her name is Renelle. And Renelle. I believe she's originally from Belgium. Wow. Ooh. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so uh, she's from France. Oh, but she does have some dates in Belgium. So that means she's going back to Europe. Uh, So, yeah, Renelle underscore tattoo, R-E-N-E-L-L-E underscore T-A-T-T-O-O on Instagram. Um, Like the other artists that I work with, she's like high color, a lot of line works with a lot of like good color work and um, gradients. And uh, she's really good with that. So it's is the be style an- going to be different from the one that you currently have on your thigh? Is like, like, will they m- kind of match up in their like line work and color treatment? Um, they're similar enough that um, it'll look coherent, but I think it'll be obvious it's not the same artist. Okay, mm. that's cool. But like, it's a collection. Yeah. Yeah. 
So and like I want to start like the upper upper body. So, um, yeah, I just didn't know. I had like two artists that I was looking into. Um, and let me just drop that in our little podcast chat. Yeah, yeah. So you guys can, uh, I want to see. Girl through it. So if you go down a bit, like at one point, there's one. What is it? It's like blueberries, like blueberries with a a dragonfly i think and that's the one i was <gasps> that like made me think yo oh i gotta work God. with this lady oh wow look at the gems yes. yeah Dang, yeah i told Kat. her like if she wanted to add gems to go for it like i was like i'm mm. not very so as you go down through there's one lady who has one that's kind of comes down partial like it, she's got it where it's mirrored it comes down both parts mm -hmm. uh, over her shoulders a little bit onto her neck and then down to her chest a little bit do you anticipate that's kind of like the positioning but smaller yeah yes much smaller than that um mm. but yeah and like just under like where you see those two red flowers yes like there's one like with um like tropical flowers and like citrus and watermelon and whatnot yeah. like when yeah, i just... saw that i was yeah. like yeah oh that's cool it looks it juicy i mean i'm looking at yeah. it and i'm like no i want i want a piece of water and i don't like watermelon but i'm like i want a piece of watermelon <laughs> yeah, no, Kat, it's so funny thinking about you with tattoos though because i often forget that you do because like we've known each other for <laughs> 10 plus years now and you didn't have any like that never drawn to me but now you're going to be like this walking living art board but also the last time we saw each other i was wearing pants I know you were, though you did have so, that fun shirt on. <laughs> yeah, so you didn't see you didn't see my lemons IRL. No, it's uh, true. But yeah, no, I remember at one point uh, my friend came over, and um, he saw he just kind of like he bent down. Yeah, because he was uh, he was coming. I was uh, cat sitting for him. Mm -hmm. So he bends down to like pick up his cat, looks up at me, comes back up with the cat. And just stares at me straight in the face and he's like, you're tattooed? I was like, yeah, I did that like a year and a half ago. But we haven't seen each other a lot because of the pandemic and whatnot. And we uh -huh. hadn't seen each other like in summer when I'm wearing shorts. Yeah. And it was like the first time he uh, saw um, he saw my, my tattoo. So here's like, uh, I found one of this new artist who did lemons. You'll see how the style is different. Oh. Yeah, okay. versus what i already have but yeah mm -hmm. it's it's very like similar so yeah i'm hoping that um you know together it'll look good because most people get tattoos by multiple artists oh yeah. for sure i was just curious to know like were you going you're gonna try and stick in the same thing i figured you'd stick to color because i know you love color yeah. rather than yeah. do black and white um i don't yeah, think I, like like a mix of color and and black and white would work for me mm -hmm. and then the other artist i wanted to work with she does a lot of like art deco stuff and she's also in the same like high color um realistic i think it's called neoclassic in the tattoo world okay uh called solemn tattoo s-o-l-m-n dot t-a-t-t-o-o -O on instagram Ooh. um yeah. wow. she also has like a few botanical pieces like she has peaches like really early in there but like i really liked her art deco stuff and i was looking mm -hmm. to maybe get something that wasn't botanical like that was mostly like a mix of art deco and flowers from her but i like i didn't know where 
or what. Mm. So I think I'm going to start with these strawberries, mm -hmm. which honestly, like tattoos are expensive. Like it's going to yeah. be like a, a $500 piece mm -hmm. um, compared to like what was on my thigh, which was very small and simple. And that was like $200 Canadian. Mm -hmm. um, and that was like three years ago. So she that artist probably charges more now. When are you anticipating doing the tattoo? Saturday. Oh, it's soon! Wow. Yeah, she had she had she had space either this Saturday or like three Saturdays from now, and I was like, "Fuck it," because you know me. Once I've made a decision, I'm like, yes. "We're doing it." Yes. Yeah, so sometimes getting to the decision is the hardest part, but once you're yeah. there, you're like, "Let's go." Yeah. So that's so uh, exciting. I'm gonna get that one, and you know, it's winter, so it can heal and not see any sun. Because yes, mm -hmm. that's also why I decided to get the shoulder piece done first. While I cover it so yeah. that it can heal properly and not get any sun. And then I'll figure out what I get to do, uh, the piece I would like to for for to get done with that second artist. There's also, now I have a fourth artist, uh, there's the apprentice that's working at the tattoo shop I'm going on Saturday. Uh, who does a lot of also like simple botanical stuff. So I might at one point grab a flash from her, um, but I'll see. Like Ooh. at this point, now that I've made the decision that like, you know, tattoos is not about meaning, it's about aesthetic. And like, I've just embraced like this botanical food color side to me. I'm like, it's easier to make these decisions now. Like mm. once you find right now, my, my, what stops me is the placement mm. a lot is like, I don't know where I want it. Mm. Yeah. But the, the. The nice thing about having a good tattoo artist is that they understand the shapes and folds of the body mm -hmm. and they're going to like make sure that whatever they make is going to flow with the body. Like all both artists that you've just showed mm -hmm. have that skill set. Like you can see just based on like either the symmetry of the piece or the asymmetry of the piece, like they really like worked with kind of the flow of each individual's uh uh body and it's they're gorgeous um they both have now been followed by the girls on games instagram account <laughs> <laughs> nice because <laughs> that's the one that i have open on my pc all the time um uh, but yeah oh that's so exciting cat i'm really mm -hmm. excited for you mm -hmm. yeah after that like because uh, i was i was speaking with a lot of people at work they once they have like some big pieces after that they like to fill it up with smaller pieces and often what they do is they get flash mm. flashes from tattoo artists which is like pre-made small pieces that you can just sign up for and then once somebody has reserved the design they remove it instead of asking them to design something for you yes um so i'm gonna follow a bunch of tattoo artists and maybe get a few flashes to like fill the space maybe around the lemons on my thigh or start building a bit of a, a quasi sleeve cool. they're going on my arm but i don't i don't have the patience or the money to get a tattoo artist to just do a full like sleeve yeah like completely. look at rockman and how he's kind of done his stuff over the years right he just yeah. kind of like he he's some of them have super deep meaning others are a place at a time so he just decided to do it and mm -hmm. you know it, it they definitely tell a story as he kind of walks you through all of his tattoos it's pretty impressive anyway so far all the tattoo artists that i like the style and i really like i'm into it are ladies um, mm, I that think that too. says that says a lot about the aesthetics I'm going for because they also look like they were like, you can see from their work 
a lot of them were like Sailor Moon fans when they were kids. Especially that first, the the one that you're going to on Saturday, like mm-hmm. the way that the coloring is done and the way that crystals are drawn and the hearts, like there is a lot of, uh, uh, you know, like magical girl aesthetic in there. Cardcaptor yeah, Sakura, uh, uh, Sailor Moon, like you were saying, Powerpuff Girls even a little bit, like it definitely has that vibe. Like the nineties, yeah. I'll I'll point I'll put one from um Salen tattoo that I really like that somebody yeah. got done like in the lower chest, like on their sternum. Yeah. And I'm like really debating getting a sternum piece that's like Sailor Moon inspired. Mm, I think you could. Cool. That would look so good on you. I was actually mm-hmm. thinking as I was scrolling through here, I was like, this would look good on Cat. <laughs> so but and then there's stuff like like this. I, I, this is an audio podcast. And I'm just showing images to the girls. I'm sorry. Oh, all links will be in the Girls on Games uh, website, girlsongames.ca, yeah. so <laughs> for this the article a, for this show. I like this one also from Sudden because it's like it's her hard deco. It's flowers. It's got moons. It's like a mix of stuff. But like, I'm not sure I would get done like a forearm piece like mm. that yeah, one. Yeah, I, I was see where looking that at is. that one, too. Yeah. I really like her style um, a lot because I was thinking about I have a few tattoos, but once you get one, it's like, you just can't yeah. get one. Just I, haven't, it, so. I haven't even gotten one yet. So it's something that I've been like debating for the longest time. Elise and I, my sister and I have a mm-hmm. joint tattoo we want to do. Mm. Um, we just, we said after the wedding is over. And then I've been dealing with this like skin autoimmune thing that she's like, might not be a good idea right now. Might want to <laughs> wait. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. But, mm. uh, but yeah, I want one so bad. It depends also on the size. Uh, because Yeah, what I want is probably like a few inches and it's just black mm. and white. It's simple. Mm-hmm. I want to get it right here. Oh. So, you know, something simple. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Audio podcast. I want to get it on my wrist <laughs> just yeah. below where my watch sits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been thinking about getting like maybe a wrist thing, like a Triforce or like a, a little peekaboo something that's visible because all my other tattoos are, are not, well, my thigh tattoo is very visible if I wear shorts, which because I'm Canadian is uh, three months out of the year. Um, <laughs> mind you, with climate change today, I had my window open because it was warm. I know it was gorgeous. Um, so I might be wearing shorts all year round uh, by the time I hit like five or six tattoos. Um, and then this one on my shoulder, it will be only like fully visible when I'm wearing um tank tops which is also like three months out of the year i guess it'll peak like once i have like like more like open shirts or Mm -hmm. um but i've like in my in my adult life i've been dressing more and more like gender neutral yeah um Mm -hmm. so it's like i don't have a lot of like these flouncy flowery tops or like with open backs or shit like that i wear a lot of just plain t-shirts um or plain tank tops so i think they'll be more visible when i'm at the gym but i like the fact that whenever i take a shower or like i change i'm like oh yeah i'm tattooed (laughs) there's my lemons (laughs) Um, but also the fact that a lot of the skin that's very visible that's had a lot of like light exposure is covered covered in freckles for me so i don't know if that affects tattooing Cause I ask, am, your, ask your artist on on Saturday. I think I will because if I like yo, if I want to build on this, like, is all of these a problem? 
Yeah. Because, of Um, course, I chose my left arm. And when I used to drive, I had the driver's tan. mm, Yeah. Because, like, left side. And uh, Pascal's the passenger princess. So he had the writer's tan. (laughs) (laughs) The passenger princess. Uh, This arm is particularly freckly and sun damaged compared to the (laughs) other Cat, when you were talking about the Triforce, I was like, I was thinking about a Triforce at one point, but then the other thing that I was thinking about was actually the controller from our logo. Oh yeah, that's cool. That would be so cool. Yeah, uh, just a tiny to... one somewhere. Like mm-hmm. that would be kind of cool too. Mm-hmm. Just as like, I mean, we've been at this long enough now. I think we could call it like part of our existence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to. I think at, at one point I'm gonna get like a, a controller or tattooed or whatever. I'm not yet into the object part of my tattoo journey i just started the food and but and flowers part yeah um my friend uva i think last year she was just looking at me and she was like you need cherries next to these lemons Aww. so i know at one point there'll be cherries i think that'll be cool it'll be cool so, yeah i'm just i mean i got my first tattoo two years ago and then i took me like another two years to make a decision which is good because Forget that these are permanent. They're expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are expensive. And when it comes to me to spend money, because I was like, I put in the request, I was going to quote, and then she was like, yeah, it's going to be like $500. I was like, I almost retracted. And I was like, no, no, I made this decision. I never spend my money on anything. So. And it's it. something you'll have forever. And it's yeah, a piece and of I, art. Yeah. And like, let's, I can afford it. Like, I'm not going to not eat or not make rent. Um, for this tattoo. If not, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get it. That's cool. So next Monday, we're gonna hear the entire experience of how it went. Because I mean, on your leg, did that hurt too a lot, or it did? But like, it was more like an annoying pain than a, a excruciating pain. Okay, it, like someone scratching you. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's really scratchy, especially mm. when they fill in the color. I don't know, like, Joel, if yours are, are full color, but when they do, like, the the wide, the the wide needle that has, like, many points where they yep. just, that they used to, like, that yep. shit, I was like, this is fucking annoying. Yeah. Like, I was not like, oh, my God, kill me. This is painful. Yeah. The one on, I have one on my foot. That one. Ooh, I, I hear that's a hard spot. That one, I, that was not fun. I don't, like... I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> I'm what like, tattoos no. do you have? Huh? What tattoos do you have? I have uh, one on my foot on the outside. It's a, a Greek, ancient Greek word uh, from when I was doing all that stuff. Um, and then I have a uh, cross on my back, which I'm going to get covered at some point. Um, I have a, a Celtic uh, Trinity knot that's behind my ear. I got that at a house party. Whoa! Because <laughs> I'm that person. Were you on the tequila? I no, I was. How your life story is being a pastor and getting tattooed <laughs> at a house party. I got more. Uh, yeah. So no, I was totally sober. Uh, <laughs> um, and then I have a. Uh, I have one. Uh, just um, on my forearm. That's a wraparound. Mm-hmm. And when I when I was pivoting out of my uh, pastoral career, I started my own uh, front end website design business mm-hmm. um, and I kind of did my own font. And so I have a tattoo of 
of that on my on my arm. So and I want that eventually to become a full sleeve on that arm, but I just have the starting point. So I'm I really would love to get more tattoos. And I do want to get some on my legs. So then maybe that'll be like when I'm a little older. I don't know. But they're so addicting and they're so fun. They're so fun. And it's fun just talking to the artist and hearing like all their stories. And I don't know. I just think like what a fascinating vocation of like you're permanently putting art on people mm-hmm. for a living and I just mm-hmm. think that is like wild it's like okay I'm gonna come into this space with you and you know in somewhat intimate space and like you're gonna put something permanent on me and then like I'll never see you again <laughs> yeah, it's like with it it's just, it is so it is I just think it's such a unique uh thing they come into your life for a few hours leave a permanent mark and walk away yeah and then you pay how many relationships can you have like that I know. And you give them money for it. And then you're like, okay, I have art on me. I hope I like it. And then they hurt, they hurt you while you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like a, like a therapeutic experience to a certain, certain amount. Like you, I imagine you have to go into a little bit of a Zen zone in order to like deal with the scratchy annoyance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, so am I the only one without a tattoo now? Simon has one too. So Simon has like the, 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 yeah. I don't know if he got a second one. Yep, you're next. Um, yeah, yeah. I think you and Pascal are the only people I know. All right, Pascal and I need to team up. <laughs> I will. I will say behind the ear was the least painful. Really? But it was very loud. <laughs> oh yeah, I can only imagine. And it was like when you get your teeth drilled. Let alone that. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't hurt. I like it. I, I would say it didn't. It didn't even hurt. Like. Oh really? No, it, it and it, you swear you were sober. I swear I do. I I have uh, I have witnesses that I was a hundred percent sober. I that there was a tattoo artist at this place, and he was like, "Yeah, he's like, I have my kit. We can do some tattoos if you want." And so yeah, I laid my head on a pillow in his lap, and he uh, tattooed my head. Nice, beautiful. Like, see, I now I'd be down to get something done like that. Like, if if he's sanitary enough. Oh, yeah, he was a professional tattoo artist. And, like, I mean, it wasn't from a stranger with, like, yeah. a needle. Like, come over here. Let me give you a tat. But, like, you know, he was a <laughs> professional person. And, yeah, he wiped everything down and he had gloves. And, yeah, I mean, it. Because I, I think I, I know I know someone. Yes, uh, the wife of, I don't know what the relationship is. So Pascal's dad. Yeah. His girlfriend. She has kids. Yes. One of those kids married a tattoo artist. Oh, okay. Um and uh yeah, she does apparently she does uh she's a mobile tattoo artist. She yep. has her kit and she can come to your house and tattoo you. Yep. Oh, that's cool. Instead of you going to the studio. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. Neat. Uh, I should look into her. I think she was doing mostly black and white, so I was like, meh. Mm. But if she uh, she upgraded to color, I could tell mm. her like, come tattoo this small, I don't know, controller lower back or something Mm. but uh i'm gonna start with these strawberries these uh spend that that good chunk of change on these uh, stories i'm really hoping she's gonna have like a lot of fun and do a lot of color like that's the advantage of having like pasty white near transparent skin you show (laughs) up in a tattoo like studio and they're like you're perfect (laughs) like it's like all the colors work yeah, sometimes they're like, oh, you know, certain pale colors depending on your skin tone. I'm like, what skin tone? 
<laughs> I think what? my husband just turned off my lights on me. <laughs> you are in the dark. <laughs> like I don't know. I, I, he may he may have said because when he talks to Google, he may say it. Have said mm, turn off the lights. And yeah. or said the office by accident because yeah my office though it says my office lights are on what the heck uh oh what went off or they just turned down oh, there we oh. go oh. I'm back guys I'm back <laughs> well that was a uh, obviously once again audio podcast nobody hears that but I just had a very weird look at my face as my lights went off um yeah well Kat you've got you've had a big week and you've got a big week ahead of you that's gonna be really exciting can't wait to hear more about it on uh, on Monday uh joelle what have you been up to i have been up to lots of things um i'm just trying to sometimes i need to look at my calendar to remember all that has happened because <laughs> what like, did i do what did i do uh yeah i uh had a pretty good weekend um uh i uh go rock climbing at a rock climbing gym uh close to my place and i uh have been topping some routes that I haven't been able to before so I feel pretty good and I feel pretty pretty strong and I'm not don't have a lot of upper body strength um a lot of lower body strength so it's uh feels good to make progress so that was that was good and I also got my steam deck so I, I couldn't believe it I ordered it on Monday and I got it on Friday. It was really fast. It was freaky, freaky fast. So well, that is fast. Mm -hmm. Oh, so, I can't wait to hear what you're playing on it. Yeah, it is fun. I it's beefy, yo. Like it. Yeah, it's a lot bigger than the Switch, isn't it? It is. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. Beefcake. Um, you're gonna have uh, good forearms lifting that up. All yeah. Good thing I've been rock climbing, so I can <laughs> play a steam deck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Pro tip: need to Jeez. lift the steam deck. Go rock climbing. Yeah. Get your exercise in. Get your gains. You are. You're gonna. Yeah. You're gonna have to <laughs> add some inches to hold this thing. Um, yeah. But it, it's super. It's fun. It's great. I. I'm excited. And um, then Super Bowl uh, mm -hmm. for the American folks were, uh, was yesterday. And Super or some of us uh, said the Rihanna concert uh, with some football sprinkled in. Uh, the Rihanna concert, which was actually a Smash Brothers level. Like, come on. <laughs> oh, I know. Yes. You see all the memes going yes, on? Yes, those platforms. And then there was one point where it looked it looked rocky. Like, it was moving. It was and moving. I'm like, I'm nervous for her. Was She's like, like oh. I was saying this on a, on a call with work team members today because obviously it was top of conversation. We have a content meeting being Rihanna at the Super Bowl. Um, the insurance they must have had with a pregnant Rihanna up in the sky. I was like, about to say, I, I saw the setup and then I saw that like she was pregnant. I was like, and she's not strapped in. Well, she was. She did have like a safety thing on her back. And you noticed okay. conveniently when they went to shoot like the fireworks and stuff, they were like unhooking her and retalking her back in because she went up and down like she came in on it and then yep. she went back out on it right yeah so okay, okay. they definitely had her class in also you probably noticed too she had a bigger jacket on mm -hmm. at that time that looked yep. more like this big ass red cape thing yeah puffer jacket thingy um but yeah i mean that was ballsy but yeah looked like one of the smash bros levels yep yep it sure yeah. did. i saw the memes online it was pretty oh, yeah. funny the yeah, memes they, were good it, it was it was good and it was a good game a uh, game was good uh just uh me and uh me and my boyfriend hung uh hung out and had a good time and yeah so lots of things happened so i'm uh, 
ready for a new week. I actually took a half day today from work because like I just was was not feeling it. I'm like, I'm so tired. Like I I kind of logged in. I had a few meetings I had to attend and like be there for. And then I just messaged my boss and I'm like, I'm not feeling well. I had to take a half day. So like it was kind of nice too. I'm glad that like I recognized like what I needed. Like I'm just I need a little break. Like I need a few hours. Um, and I took it. So I feel really lucky that I'm able to do that. So just nice. want to shout out like mental health and like take care of yourself and very true the work the work will be there tomorrow so. uh-huh yep. did uh you watch the latest episode of last of us <gasps> i did and i almost feel out of sorts where it was on friday yeah i was did... like then saturday i didn't have anybody to really talk to about it because yeah. usually it's sunday night into monday and then i'm talking with all like my work friends and all that kind of stuff about it and then i was like uh-huh. but it's saturday they're not around <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it was a good one it was a very good one oh it is it is it is setting a new tier for television i think too. oh yeah like, like it's not just video game adaptations it's just like television it's so it's amazing is it like yep. game of throne who I, oh game of thrones is different the, oh, in the sense I mean, that that is big like this has big spectacle but not at the level of game of thrones spectacle no. and i find that the the raunchy relationship stuff isn't there. No, right. no, but I mean, like, you know how Game of Thrones had, like, an impact, but, it, like, I feel like if you remove the oh, shock yeah. value of Game of Thrones and you compare it with The Last of Us... Yes. ...in terms of, like, storytelling and world-building and yeah. budget and... Definitely. You know, investing yeah. in the show. Yep. Yeah, definitely. To the point where I'm hearing from people that, you know, who come out of the woodwork and be like, have you played this video game? I'm like, Yes. yes. <laughs> when yeah. it came out when it came yeah. out yeah. yeah exactly like i i know this um but yeah, yeah. no it's it's so good so are good are you and listening like, to the podcast are you listening to the podcast that's with it no i really oh. should though it's very good okay then i will i will i don't know i haven't even been watching or consuming any like reaction comment content or anything because i'm like notorious for that where i like mm. i watch something a movie drag race whatever and then i watch like a ton of theories and whatever else on youtube but i haven't done anything the last of us i don't know why i mm. feel like maybe i don't want to get other people's ideas mixed up in my head on this one i kind of just want to roll with it maybe i'll sure. consume that afterwards mm-hmm. but we shall see um me this week, there was lots of games. Um, I'll explain a little bit late about that later. Holy smokes, guys, we're not even that far into the podcast and already I'm tongue-tied. Okay, let's check in with the fantasy critic, though. Um, first off, let's talk about the standings in the podcast, uh, fantasy critic. Mm-hmm. We did have some changes. Um, we have Joelle with Chris Pratt. He was here games in first place. Me falling behind GeoGelia Studios in second place. Um, it looks like they've locked in some of the uh, uh, scores now. So okay. Joelle, I think it's for sure you got you. The critic score on Dead Space Remake is now in an 89. So you got 19 points. Nice. And then Hogwarts Legacy went in at 84. I got 14 points. So that's where we stand right there. When it comes to, uh, let's see, League History, there were some games picked up because we had that Nintendo Direct. So people were were, were making moves. Mm-hmm. So let's see here. Um, On February 11th, I picked up Bayonetta Origins, Serza and the Lost Demon, which I actually can't wait to play myself. Um, Joelle, you managed to pick up, same day, Horizon Call of the Mountain. Oh, I picked it up with a bit of five bucks. You did it with a bit of $2. 
I feel like we're being pretty cheap here. And uh, Tartalette Games, as Catherine picked up Destiny 2 Lightfall with a bid of $1. Wow. Bob. rules here. So yeah, we're really starting to fill out uh, uh, everybody's catalog, which is interesting. We still have some, yeah. Simon's really the only person right now who has uh, two counterpick sets. So it's going to be interesting. I think the counterpicking is really going to get uh, interesting yep. over the next few months. Um, On the community side... We have one first place runner right now. That's Phoenix. Um, and he got, I think it was Harry Potter. So yeah, Hogwarts Legacy. He got the 14 points for that. Let me see if any uh, league history. Did anybody pick anything up? Do anything? Okay, let's see. Ooh, we had a lot of freaking movement. Ooh, there's a whole bunch of, ooh. Let's see. There's a lot of people trying to pick up games and it didn't work out. Um, let's see what the thing is. Google Stadia. That was you, Joel. Yep. Uh, you tried to pick up Have a Nice Death with a bit of three bucks failure. Publisher was yep. outbid. Woo! I was. RGM Studios uh, tried to acquire Have a Nice Death with a bit of three bucks failure. Publisher was outbid. Art Vandalay picked up fail. Tried to acquire, acquire Darkest Dungeon 2 with a bit of eight bucks. Failure reason game no longer eligible. The game already has reviews. Uh, Roll the Bones Studio acquired Have a Nice Death. For four bucks. Oh man! Roll the Bones it was $4. also picked up Wild Hearts for three bucks. Ugh. Roll the Bones Studio then picked up Transformers Reactive with a bit of one dollar. <laughs> and Roll the Bones Studio also acquired Just Dance twenty twenty four with a bit of one dollar. Average games done too quick picked up uh, or had acquired a counter pick for unannounced first major Elden Ring DLC with a bit of two bucks. So yeah, so moving and shaking over on the uh, community page um i don't know about you folks uh but when i was trying to acquire the games was when the nintendo direct was going on when i made my bid i have i have a list of a few um that i didn't get a chance to be able to put in a bid and on because fantasy critic was having a conniption with old people trying to get games <laughs> so during funny. the nintendo direct <laughs> that's funny <laughs> like it wasn't loading yeah, uh, Darth Tradius and I were both like talking on on Discord and he and I were both doing it. I was like, yeah, this thing is like shit in the bed right now. So I'm just going <laughs> to come back later. And then I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I need to make some beds. I, I already I already picked up Octopath Traveler 2 last week. Mm -hmm. So now I think like the hype factor on this one went up. Like when mm -hmm. I picked it up, the hype factor was like 50 or 60. I was like, yeah, whatever. And now it's up to like 81 like nice. so projected points are like 12 for that one and it's coming out february 24th i yeah. mean the first one was pretty well received yeah yep. it was and they have the demo too so just like you mm -hmm. kind of get a vibe by what people are saying about the demo right because it's a known entity in the sense that there's already been a game out and then also a demo i mean it kind of helps yep yeah, and then I picked up the desk. I figured like I would put a dollar on Destiny because it's coming out soon, and I don't know. Destiny uh, seems to be doing well, mind you. The hype factor is pretty low on this one, but at yeah. least I'll get on the board. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard uh, thing. It's a long big, game, right? It's a long game because like my my biggest game right now is Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. So I mean, you gotta wait till when May. we get this summer. It's gonna be. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me rolling in the points. Hopefully. All right, let's talk about what we've been playing, Catherine. How goes your Persona Five Royal playthrough? Oh, it is 
slowish. Um, I'm I still haven't made it past to the next um to the next palace. Okay. I'm still like waiting out Haru's uh, timer, but okay. uh, I've I've got a plan. I maxed out Mishima. His name yeah. is. Uh, I'm working on maxing out the consultant and Ryuji. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was like, I should start Futaba. And they're like, you don't have enough kindness, bitch. I was like, um, so now I gotta like read some books and shit to be kind. <laughs> Play some video games to become more kind. Um, Feed your plant in your room. I did. I fed, I fed it. it. It's not hungry right now. It's I, not I hungry. Made, it's like I keep trying to feed it more plant food. <laughs> I made the mistake of buying the good shit. Uh, you buy, but you get more points from it, so that's good. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, I'm just kind of like rolling, rolling through it. Um, spoilers for the new character if you don't want, like, move ahead. But uh, I, I, I did the part where. I forget her name. The gymnast character, the new girl with the yeah. ribbon. Yeah. Where she just goes to the stadium and then yep. pops up a palace. I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Um, predictably, she has uh, divine magic. Because I think it was the last one that I don't have. Like compared to like every character that have their element. Yeah. Um, unless there's like, yeah, I'm not, I don't have a full party. Because there's another palace left. Yeah. So I think I'm in the last palace of like what would have been the original game right now. And I've cleared it. I'm ready to pick up the treasure and send the calling card. Mm -hmm. But um, Saturday came too quick and I started playing Hogwarts. Yeah. (laughs) I was also I don't know if you did that part. I was in Mementos. And then I, I was trying, I did my request. And what I usually do is when I run out of requests as I get to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the part where I'm at, there's two safe area. After a safe area, the area was dark, was black. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get around. And then I found a very uh, hard persona or shadow and it one shot me. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Oh, I've been you hit the, yeah, you were in my, so the way that it was in the first game was that if you spent too much time dilly dallying and mementos, there was a really, really b- big baddie that would come and get you. And like, oh, okay. it was almost like a get the heck out of mementos. You're not supposed to be in here this long. Apparently there's a way to kill that guy. Um, but yeah, if I, I notice as soon as I get the alert at the top, watch out for whatever the, the, the grim reaper or whatever it's called, I just exit that level and that alert's gone. So I don't, th- I think it's now it's just a, something that pops up on certain levels. Okay. All right, I I've never made it that far in my previous playthrough, so I guess. Uh, Did he look like a Grim Reaper? I forget. In a big yeah. cloak, and it was all like floating so. with chains. Yeah, he's wicked hard. There's a way to kill him though. Oh, um. Anyway, I'm not that invested. I was like, fine. You know what? I'll come back another time. I I do these like long, long ass um sessions anyway with the kids yeah. like i said like you know i do the palace in one sitting i'll rotate them out if they run out of health and sp i don't give a shit so like next time i i have to go down mementos that's what i'll do i'll just do a yeah run down to the door and maybe keep going and uh i'll i'll use that uh that trick to like port get out back, yeah, yeah port back just to go the, up one level or go down one level depending on what direction you're going 
it just reloads that. Yeah, because I think they're like procedurally generated. They are. They yeah. are. They're random. Yeah. Um, and then also the kid shows up whenever he feels like it, and I never have enough flowers to buy the, um, the SP items I want to buy. Oh, that's annoying. Uh, I managed to fix my issue with the tower character. So oh. I, I know what happened, what I did wrong. Okay. I fought that battle and then left it because they kind of tell you, oh, you're not ready yet. Go and find something, which is your prompt to go and talk to that character. But I went back into Mementos and when I left, and you know, when you reset, when you leave Mementos and you go back and you kind of like reset for the evening and you get a like text message and it kind of like ramps up what you were, what your team was doing. I didn't get that the first time. Mm. And I think that was the trigger because it was talking specifically about that battle. Like I exited that the second time I did it, I exited right away. So I think that was the problem all along. Yep. Oh, well. Joelle. So. Yes. Hogwarts Legacy, huh? Yes, ma'am. And am I reading this correctly? You played it on a st- the Steam Deck? Oh, yeah. I I got the Steam Deck. I powered it up and then, you know, you want to make sure you got all your updates and everything ready to roll, signed into my Steam account, and I fired up that baby. Uh, So I've been pretty much exclusively playing it on the Steam Deck. Handheld or um, plugged into the TV? Uh, handheld. Wow. What's it yeah. like? What? It, how is it like... like- the fidelity like does it look good you're getting t- screen tearing no it it's running perfectly wow like i get more i get more i, I maybe have to fiddle with the settings on it when i run it on pc mm-hmm. um but i get more frame drops um and some issues when i play it on my pc when i play it on the steam deck i get like none of it wow so it it's like flawless so it's a great it's a great title if you have a Steam Deck to 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 use that on if you want to. I bought I bought the sixty four gig because I just was gonna throw in a ter- I threw in a terabyte uh, SSD card, uh, mm-hmm. one that was highly recommended for the Steam Deck. So I'm not that worried about storage really at this point. So uh, yeah, but it's been yeah, it's great. It actually I I've been having a lot of issues. I did buy the dock. Mm-hmm. and i have a samsung tv and mm-hmm. i've been having a lot of issues with the samsung tv recognizing the dock hmm. and apparently that's a thing other people have too that have samsung tvs so i'm trying to figure out the settings for it but it's it's having a hard time and you can even change like your hdmi input on the tv to recognize a pc uh or like a gaming console like you can change the settings and i've done that and that really hasn't worked so i don't know i still have more troubleshooting to do but a big part of like why i bought the steam deck was because i could dock it (laughs) and right now that's proving to be a little bit of a challenge so we'll we'll keep going i mean i mean now that i have the steam deck i'm like wow i love it like i i'm actually really happy that i have this and I'm enjoying it handheld way more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if it doesn't work out to be able to play it docked, I, I'm still going to be happy, but I'm just a bit bummed that it's not as smooth as a transition as I'd like. But yeah, the game runs great. It's so fun. What's your vibe on Hogwarts Legacy so far? How far are you? I'm about five hours in. So okay. I just got back from Hogsmeade. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, um, I'm about the same. About okay, five hours in. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Lo- I am really liking it. I was a a big um, Harry Potter. Like right when it came out, I would get all the books, and you know, uh, it's funny because when the Harry Potter first came out, I was a part of a conservative like Christian community. And my pastor would actually say that we shouldn't read the books because it's about witchcraft, right? And so the messaging in that sense was still like, this is a problematic, uh, you know, a, a book to have and parents should let the, shouldn't let their kids read it. Mm-hmm. And my uh, parents did some research on it and they discovered that it was about, you know, good versus evil, that this child was going through incredible circumstances and was coming out on top and and meeting them and so they they let me read the book but I had a lot of friends that weren't allowed to do that um because it's like set uh in mm-hmm. uh in, in witchcraft so it's I feel like it's been a problematic series since its inception <laughs> regardless yeah. of like where you're from so uh but it, it meant a lot to me uh growing up so it's really really cool to be in the castle and um see the world i wish the graphics were a little better um on the people yeah i feel like the scenery this the 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 world everything that's great but like the people's faces sometimes are but that's like some of the hardest shit to do yeah oh yeah 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 so uh but i i'm having a really good time i could see if if like you're not a harry potter person um you might think the game's kind of slow to get started or you might it might not like grab you in as as some other large titles and and that's fair so like I haven't finished it yet but like is it a game that people were like on the fence if it didn't mean that much like I don't know yet I I couldn't say Mm -hmm. but like I think if you're a fan if if you enjoy the series if you like it I, I think I think you'll like this game I also appreciate that I feel like the game was uh built with a lot of like non gamers or like new gamers in mind. Oh too. yes. Yeah, cuz I have a friend who she just plays Animal Crossing and she is a huge Harry Potter fan and she's so excited for this game and I feel like this game will be very accessible for her like to pick up and to play like a big kind of open world uh RPG. So I'll be interested to see what she thinks of it when she gets into it cuz like she just she just doesn't she only plays mm-hmm. Yeah, Animal Crossing, that's kind of it. So I, I did like that. So like for me, I'm sometimes I'm like, okay, this isn't as like dynamic, but I I do appreciate that they made that choice so that kids and like a lot of people could enjoy it. Yeah, so I didn't start on Friday specifically because my sister and her husband were coming over and we were all going to start it together because they were very curious. My sister is a hardcore Harry Potter fan like myself. Um, and we started playing it together and like I gave her the controller and let her try things and explained what the analog stick does. And it, but also to the game very gingerly takes you through that. So yeah, yep. I get it as like a seasoned gamer. It could be a little bit on the annoying side. Yep. Uh, but yeah, they definitely thought about the audience and how they may not have gotten into an open world action RPG style game like this with dual analog sticks and all that jazz and there's a lot of button combination like the battling system is pretty intense yep so uh so yeah but the deepness the depth of the lore and the in 
integration of things that you knew from the current Harry Potter series, even though this is supposed to be happening so far in the past. Yep. Like every so often I'm like, ooh, ooh, look at that. Like just because I, you know, read those books so many times and started to look really deep. And like I mentioned before, usually when I get into something, I get very deep into it. That was the beginning of podcasting. I used to listen to all the muggle casts. Like mm-hmm. that was that, that was my, my introduction to podcasting was muggle cast and beyond on IGN. Mm-hmm. Like those two podcasts were the reason why I got so obsessed with, with podcasting. And it was through that and their analysis, the books and stuff that really got into it. Um, and I think this was also created with the mind by the developers of the issues that people are having with J.K. Rowling, mm-hmm. which yep. we all have. Um, I'm you probably met the transgender, uh, yeah, transgender yep. character. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. Already, which mm-hmm. is badass character, right? Yep. How you're introduced, fantastic. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's definitely been thought put into this, knowing where we stand and i know a lot of people may be disappointed that we're playing it um i'm very much i have to judge the art and the artist separately especially when the art and the artist is so far apart in this case um yep but yeah it's i'm in that sense i'm glad that they have taken on the problematic nature of uh the source individual and tried to think positively and put in a positive light those issues that they're dealing with so yep yeah and i don't know if you picked up on this i just recently did but whenever they refer to my character i identified in the game as as a female character uh but whenever they use a pronoun for me it's always they yes i think they did that on purpose yeah, yeah so like so even even though like i did choose a gender in the game all of my pronouns are they them um and yeah, I yeah I know it, it's been a lot of uh, stuff online about it, and I think that um, it, I know it's 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 kind of one thing too where I, like for personal reasons I don't eat at Chick Fil A, and like because of their stance on homosexuality and their active um, like politics like against that community. So like mm-hmm. I just choose not to. I don't really eat fast food that much, but. I definitely don't patron there, like uh, for for reasons, and I don't shop at Hobby Lobby either because of their stance on uh, women's health and right for uh, women to <laughs> gain access to health uh, clinics. So, and that's just my choice. Like, I'm not. It, it's something that I do, and like, guess what? Chick Fil A does fine. Like, my, <laughs> I'm not hurting them whatsoever by not patroning their stores and mm-hmm. it's something that i just talk about of just like you know to try to be an ethical consumer in this market is extremely difficult like mm-hmm. i went through a year to try to you know have ethical clothing choices and food and and makeup and all these things and it was incredibly it was either incredibly expensive to get those things or it wasn't available and so i think that you know, it's it's people's money. I think that it's good to raise awareness on the issues and to educate people. I think that's like where um, voices can come in on this. I just don't condone like th- the bullying around it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just you're just alienating people um, who who want to enjoy something that means a lot to them because Harry Potter means a lot to a lot of people, uh, mm-hmm. and usually it's a lot of good things. 
mm-hmm. but I understand that the creator is 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 actively damaging. doing harm. Yes, yeah, actively, actively problematic. Yeah, yes. actively she's causing she, problems. Yeah, yes. she's just like Chick Fil A. She's just like Salvation Army. Yes. She's yes. just like Hobby exactly. Lobby. She's using exactly. her money, her wealth, and her influence to put down a community, uh, mm-hmm. and using her my quote unquote minority status as a woman as an excuse and a way to push it. And I think that's why I'm especially angry at her. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we're supposed to welcome people like people make the choice to go to become women because they feel this is who their true self is. And especially for those who come from being men, it's a status downgrade. Mm-hmm. Like it takes a lot of courage and the way mm-hmm. she acts. And I'm just like, she killed, like like you said, you chose not to eat at Chick-fil-A. Did it do stuff to them? No. I chose to never engage in Harry Potter again. Is it going to hurt the franchise? No. But it's just mm-hmm. like it's with the visceral, actual nausea yep. that Harry Potter now puts in the pit of my stomach that stopped me from playing Hogwarts Legacy. I don't care mm. if it's a good game. I don't care if it's game of the year. Because at this point, she ruined it for me. And that's 100% personal. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is like everybody has their personal take on it because for me, I have to separate her completely from it because Harry Potter is such a pivotal part, got me through some really terrible shit, Um, mental stuff, anxiety, whatever else. Like it was my grounding rock for a long time. And to have that taken away from me by someone who has a like filthy mouth and opinions, like... It doesn't belong to her anymore. It belongs to my interpretation. And I always felt that Harry Potter was one of the most inclusive things. Like that was the story they were telling. And yeah, it just, it just sucks that it's gotten to this point because. In her case, it was clearly performative. It was it was clearly performative performance, which oh, which sure. also sucks. Right? It does suck because like at the you... time, that's why it meant so much to so many people was because of that, and it does. Mm-hmm. It's it is heartbreaking that it wasn't authentic. Mm-hmm. No, it, it wasn't, and you know, it's if you look at all of our celebrities and things like that, like it's a lot of narcissist narcissist people and yeah. oh yeah, sociopath, oh, yeah. and like she's no. She's no exception. I I yeah. just real I just know that like the separation of art and artist can only happen once the person is dead and the IP is truly out of her grasp or their mm. grasp or whatever. Because like I I I do engage in uh, stuff that was made by a I play Call of Tulu by HP Lovecraft. Um, we all engage in and love Disney, which was made by an actual factual Nazi. Um, but they're long dead. And even like Dungeons and Dragons keeps evolving um, with the times. And, you know, they've taken out a lot of the problematic elements out of Dungeons and Dragons, like how orcs are inherently evil and savage and things like that. And they were like really like they coded a lot of uh, anti-black stuff in the orcs. Mm. Um, And, you know, it took it takes years for them to remove that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Harry Potter is not there at all maybe hogwarts legacy is the first thing but it's like she's getting her money from everywhere from the toys the lego oh, yeah. sets the, oh the yeah game. oh my it do- gosh it doesn't oh, yeah, matter sure. like me not no. buying a 90 dollar game is not gonna hurt wb yep. and porky game it's not gonna hurt her in the mm-hmm. long term but it's also i think the conversation is important because a lot of like 
we're chronically online. Yeah. Um, when I talked to my uh, sister-in-law, because the kids got a bunch of Harry Potter stuff this year for Christmas, because they just got really into Harry Potter and the young, the oldest uh, read the first book. Um, she read the, the French translation because she's not well enough in English to, to read uh, the originals yet. But, and I was like, and I asked my sister-in-law, I was like, but how do you feel about JK Rowling? Like being so like, just using her platform to bring down like trans communities and like finally like all the diversity she put in the, the in the book was like very performative and once like people from those communities starting saying like you know like Cho Chang is basically that's such a racist name and you know she's supposed to be a Chinese character and they're like she just took two last names um and made a name you know and a lot of people are like yeah and she was like I'm sorry what Oh um, yeah, people don't know these things oh, too sure. unless you're in the in the weeds of it like we yeah, are. Yeah, she they they try to be really good about like what their kids are engaged to in and they are like very good about like limiting time on TV and apps and the iPad and they're really engaged in what these their kid the content their kids consume. Um but that kind of stuff like they're not on Twitter. They're mm -mm. barely on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um they knew there were some problem problematic elements, but when I like told the whole story to my sister-in-law, she was like horrified and mortified. Um, and you know, and like the, the thing with the goblins and the bankers and that story is in Hogwarts legacy. And maybe you guys can pay attention to this as you play. There's a lot of like anti-Semitic codes in that story. Um, very much like, you know, how the Jews control the money and they make a spore like very, very, nazi like anti-semitic shit um so maybe look out for that but like okay they don't know i didn't shit. know that one the, go the 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 goblin the bankers yeah i never put two and two together with that like if you look at the bank the the goblin revolution um it's tied to like a war that happened in in um in europe okay that was like also rooted in anti-semitic i don't have like all the knowledge to like really talk about it but a lot of people have been talking about like, you know, the books kind of like sounded a bit uh, weird about it. And now with the game, a lot of people are confirming that maybe that story is rooted, has okay. like some interesting anti-Semitic codes. Maybe. And, you know, it could be that um, when they made the games, they weren't as uh, aware as aware. Yeah. Mm. And probably like there's a lot of. Like, I'm not sure how diverse a port key game is and if they work with, like, external things. Because they could be like, oh, like, she's turfy, let's put a trans character. But then they work with, like, trans game devs to make that trans character question mark. You know, uh, these sort of things. Mm -hmm. um, because I don't know how, I know it's WB Games, but, uh, like, it's a sub sub studio. They might be smaller. I don't know what they have access to. Mm -hmm. So all that to say, like, uh, keep track of that. Because she works at the Montreal Jewish Hospital. So, like, she's really in tune um, into this because of the Hasidic Jewish community in Montreal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mm -hmm. and they're protected by laws because they're, like, victims of the Holocaust and things like that. So mm -hmm. once I started talking about the goblins, she was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, fuck no. Um, but essentially, like, they had no idea. They knew she was problematic. They didn't know it was that problematic. But at this point, they're like, 
am I going to like, it's too late for them to rip the toys out of their kids' hands, but they're just like, eh, you know, give it two years, they'll move on to something else. But there's also a teaching moment there, right, too. Yeah. If at some point it comes up to start explaining, like, why, why things are problematic and like, there's, there's definitely a teaching moment. If they want to use it that way, they might be too young for that yet. I mean, the, the, the four-year-old clearly is. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. I mean, the oldest is nine. Uh, but they're they're only getting into Star Wars and you know and um and Harry Potter right now and like uh, Rafael's heavy into Star Wars. Does he know the Empire is space Nazis? I like he's gonna need to like have more uh, knowledge, like more like general knowledge, and be older and learn about war and things like that before he makes that connection that Lucas made, which was basically the Empire is based off Nazis, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's but- and that's why I think like it's important to have a conversation like this and to like raise issues of of educating, like I said, and to say like, yeah, like, did you know about this? Or like, what did you think about that? Or did you just like you said, you called out like, hey, pay attention to this storyline and see if anything like like that comes out, because I, I think that's a more fruitful uh, point to make mm-hmm. um, and to, to raise awareness. Mm-hmm. And then to say, you know, if, if you really want to, you know, if you bought the game and also want to support, you know, the trans community, you can like make a donation or there's things that you can do if you feel so inclined to do that. Um, I guess I was just, yeah. So I think, and and everyone has a right and like everyone's feelings are completely mm-hmm. validated and real. And like, it's your choice. Like I also I also stopped uh, playing World of Warcraft because of Blizzard, but like that was my choice. And mm-hmm. but I'm not saying that people that still play that game are bad people. No, yeah, because like, Simon went back to it even after yeah. he like uninstalled every other Activision Blizzard. But like he also mm-hmm. like made the choice of waiting until they cleaned house before he went yep. back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that because things change. Things mm-hmm. change. Harry Potter right now is vile. Mm-hmm. Like not the franchise, but like. The, the world, the conversation and everything. And there are vile things in the franchise because we've just found out it was written by a vile person. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not at the, uh, at the other end of we've ripped it out of her hands, made it her own and cleaned it of all the problem of most of the problematic elements. We're not there yet. We're just like, this process is starting and it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. And it's going to, it's going to do that. Like I said, like before, like I still, I still work at Ubisoft because I work on a good project with good people and I want to be the change from inside. And like, I will respect Harry Potter fans that want to stay Harry Potter fans, but that will fight JK Rowling at every step Mm -hmm. that she takes and every vile thing that she said. And, and a lot of people like, I mean, I don't think we, as adults, we've probably financially, invested in harry potter as much i know leah in your case it was a lot of like fan fiction and just like realism fan fiction and it was honestly like investing monetarily yeah mostly along the lines of buying the books and stuff for the most part though mine would be time and effort and community based Mm -hmm. right because that was the thing that drew me in that like kind of like book analysis thing of having that group of people that I listen to all the time, a comfort, a a solace, a community, even though obviously I wasn't contributing to it in any form. I was just consuming it. But just that in a time that was extremely hard, where I was very lonely, 
Um, and it gave me a constant to hold on to just like video games do sometimes. Like I often say Minecraft is like the, the thing that like when I'm stressed mm-hmm. out, I'll go watch the people from Hermitcraft that I follow. And Harry Potter was that for the longest time for me because it was something that I could go back to that I, it, it was, it was a constant. It never changed. It was always comforting. And to know that a person who created that, which was my solace is so problematic sucks, but it's not the first time I've encountered this. I mean, I love Michael. I love Michael Jackson's music. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed Kanye. <laughs> and then you just discover that people are problematic. I mean, yeah. I listen so I just to keep running my- into these roadblocks constantly about yeah. the things that I enjoy and consume and never, ever look at it from that really per- like destroying way because that's not how it was presented to me originally. I was looking at it from the light, from the good, from the fun. And now it's taken a sharp, hard turn to the left <laughs> mm-hmm. where it's not that anymore. And mm-hmm. it makes me disappointed and discouraged in the things. Cause I mean, every time we talk about a video game company, that's problematic. Like I, it's just like, we have to realize that we have to go in with a open mind, learn, listen, be educated so that we can make decisions, purchasing power, consumption, conversation in a way that makes you feel okay with what you're doing and being cautious of that. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully hopefully make you feel like you're you're hopefully trying to be a good person and what you want to be and what you want to bring to the world. But yeah, it's just I'm constantly running up against these walls of content being created that I enjoy and then running into something that person, individual who created it is not good. I so, mean, I just yeah. found out the other day that years ago, years ago, um, the singer of the Red Hot Chili Pepper admitted to having a relationship with a 14 year old girl. Like years ago, he admitted to that relationship that he had prior years before, like 10 years ago, he said, I slept with a 14 year old girl. like eight years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was just like, Fuck. like now I'm learning it. Like I listen to a lot of like pop punk, like emo stuff. Like at this point, I think fallout boy is the only one that doesn't have allegations right now. Like, yeah, the rock and roll business was a cesspool in the eighties and early nineties. <laughs> Actually, we and, like, as a media in industry 2000s. were a bunch of assholes in the nineties and two thousands. <laughs> like yeah. there's, you go back and look at some of that stuff now and you're just like, wow, we were dicks. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I rewatch friends, which was like a staple with my friends mm-hmm. growing up. Like I didn't watch on TV when it aired. Like I, like when it hit Netflix, I, I binge watched it. So just yeah. so I could like be a part of that conversation, I came back and they were like, so they were like, that show sucked. Like <laughs> Ross was an absolute piece of shit and Chandler didn't deserve Monica. Like I was yeah. like, <laughs> and also why is New York so white? Like yeah. it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's easy for me to say as an adult, like with the, you know, late, like the early 2020s to be mm-hmm. like, this show from the early 90s problematic but at the same time i rewatched fresh prince of bel-air and i was like this show age well it did it did this show is more like a um without being problematic is more like a a frozen in time you watch this and it's very 90s but it's not like ugh. 
Yeah. Like, uncom- yeah. like makes me uncomfortable. Uh, like Friends does yeah. for most yeah. of the episodes. And yeah. even like, like How I Met Your Mother, I tried to rewatch it recently. And I was like, Barney's whole character. It's a problem. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I, think- I mean, and that's the thing. It's a product of its time to a certain extent, too, because we weren't evolved enough as right. a community to be able to call this shit out. Right. right. Like, yeah. Th- and that's what we're getting to. Right. Yes. Is that we're looking at it. We're trying to make the right choices and hopefully, hopefully not, you know, make the mistakes of the past and rectify things and at least pull out the good of what was there somehow. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's what I yeah I was gonna say. Like, if the, the the hope in the silver lining is that we're we we are able to communicate about these things, educate people, we're calling them out, and just like Kat said, when we move forward, you know, hopefully we'll be better. And I mm-hmm. do hope that this game is a step in the direction of better. And I, I also think too that you're never gonna get a something that is also appeasing to everyone either. Like, yeah, that 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 is if you think that there's a space that that exists like it doesn't um but that doesn't mean an excuse like for like what is happening with jk rowling but yeah i i do i do hope that this game can maybe move the franchise in a different in a different direction yeah and and i guess like i i feel that because when i play the game like there is you can see like where the potter franchise is coming in but it's not to me i'm like oh i am a student at hogwarts and I kind hmm. of for not forget, but like all of my world building foundations is in Harry Potter. But I do feel like I'm like, oh, this is this feels different. Like I'm moving in a different direction, which I do appreciate. So important conversations to have. Yeah, it is because like, you know, things like The Witcher is problematic. The uh, the author is also very problematic. Things yes. like that. It's just like Hogwarts is like the hot topic right now. And, you know, we had a conversation with the community in our in our discord. And I think after like summing up the entire conversation, I was like, it doesn't matter if the game's good or bad at this point. The marketing's done. Yeah. yeah. It made the splash it needed to do. It's written in history. Like, I think. The the thing it would have hurt the most J.K. Rowling is if this game came out and people were just like, uh, what was it like Returnal or Callisto Protocol or apathetic uh, for, to it? Forspoken, where people they would pull out the game and people would be like, yeah, it's pretty, but it's boring. And then out of the news cycle within two days. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not out of the news cycle anytime soon. No, no. Yeah. Oh, and it it doesn't. It doesn't matter right now if the game's good or bad at this point. Mm -hmm. It's got the Mm -hmm. success. People are going to keep talking about it. Um, And I think how people keep talking about it in a year or two is going to be dependent on how good the game is. And I think like if it's a good game, people will keep talking about it. But if it's a meh game, once the discourse around J.K. Rowling dies, like that game is going to be forgotten. Mm hmm. And I don't know because I I didn't even look at it. I'm not going to play it. Like, yeah. Well, Joelle and I are only five hours in, so we can't really comment too yeah, much. Yeah. So it maybe yet. next week, instead of like, <laughs> I I think we're going to need even longer before we can really get into the weeds of that one. Yeah. It's going to have to like take us getting through the end of it, and then like probably like simmering on what what feelings mm-hmm. we got out at the end, right? Yeah, because the nostalgia factor is extremely powerful. Oh so yeah, nostalgia. It, it, it's amazing what things can pass because of nostalgia. So you also have yeah. to remember that as 
as people in our generation are playing it, you know, we we have all of this other um, content and an emotion uh, with us when we do it. And I don't know how much it will mean for other generations because, you know, they're, they're, they're stranger things generation. They're not Harry Potter generation necessarily. Mm -hmm. So it's possible Mm -hmm. that it has a peak now because of what it means to millennials, elder, elder millennials, what it means to us. And then, (laughs) and then, and then who knows what it means to, you know what I mean? So there's also that too, where, uh, it, it might it might be a high point, and then yeah, we get done. We're like, was that a good game, or was that like a great Harry Potter, yeah, uh, Hogwarts experience? That that's like, but that's very valid, because like I think one of the big things of Je- why Jedi Fallen Order was such a success is it was quintessentially quintessentially. I can never say that word. It was the essen- essential Star Wars experience. Yeah, but. You could play it even if you didn't like Star Wars, if you just wanted like a game where you feel like a badass with a sword in space, like mm. the combat system and w- was pretty solid. I mean, it wasn't like what they were inspired on, like it wasn't as solid as a lot of stuff, but like you could if you had a mild interest in Star Wars, you could pick up Child of Fallen Order and just have a blast like running around a planet and uh you know, doing the puzzles and the mystery. Like, that's what I want to know about Hogwarts Legacy. Like, was this hoopla all worth it? Or was it just because it was like, they just put out a game to siphon money out of the Harry Potter fandom. And now that they have their money, they're happy. Or like, is it really like a good game? Like Jedi Fallen Order was Mm -hmm. without it just being like a franchise cash cow. Mm -hmm. I I know like it's harsh what I'm saying, but like, this is kind of- No, but you're right. No, but you're no, but you're totally right. You're totally right. And Joelle's right. Nostalgia comes with a large pair of rose-colored glasses. You know, like when we look back at things and we didn't know, or we were blind to, or you know, whatever. Is it a good game? Joelle and I don't know yet. The critics Mm -hmm. have said more favorably yes in most cases. Is it because it's a good game because it draws on? the lore from the franchise or is it a good game because it actually has good mechanics and puzzles and action and all that kind of stuff and then the other stuff is just added value that hooked you in we're gonna have to wait and see as we can do more yeah because my my feeling from what you're saying the fact that you know they made it quite accessible because they knew a lot of harry potter fans would play this just because it's harry potter and Mm -hmm. possibly they haven't played since like the Harry Potter game on PS1 or PS2 or they've only or the played Lego the, ones or, or the, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Lego ones. So they're not into like AAA. So I don't know if like that's going to be to the detriment of the quality of the game or if they're going to happy to have made that choice because they got their cash cow. Because like it's all valid choices in the terms of like yeah. game dev and making these decisions. Like sure. You know. And and both can be true, right? Like mm-hmm. they could say, "Well, we know we know people are going to buy this." But can we also make it good? You know, because there's that sense too, where I mean, both both can be right. Well, look at if, if say, say Hogwarts Legacy wasn't called Hogwarts Legacy, had no reference back to Harry Potter mm-hmm. at all. Would could it people stand on it its up? own two feet? What could it? That's what we yep. got to figure out, right? Yep. Could it stand on its own two feet? You know, putting out a new IP is a lot. They were doing this because they knew. That would draw people in just like it is anytime they make a new Halo, make a new Warcraft, make a whatever, right? You're pulling mm-hmm. on IP. 
with the intention to use that IP to hook people. Yep. So the question is, is the game good even without that? And time will tell. Let's power some through some news. I think that was a very important conversation for us to have considering the state of the world um, and considering everybody's vibe on it. But I think it's time for us to jump into some news for this week. Are you ladies ready? Yep. Yep. Let's go. We're back with news. Catherine, what have you got for us this week? It's a quick one because what I love about like all these game studios a bit like apple versus epic going to court is now these mm-hmm. video game studios are uh they gotta show like they gotta break their ndas you know how very secretive it is oh yes so apparently um through data given by microsoft for the their acquisition of activision blizzard they had to give data, data on game pass and they've confirmed that game pass cannibalizes sales microsoft also submitted that its internal analysis shows that a redacted percentage they redacted the actual number decline in base game sales 12 months following their addition on game pass the it was noted on the report uh for it's the uk competition and market authority uh so this runs counter to like uh phil spencer saying in 2018 that game pass boosts sales then rather undermines them so i'm wondering like uh, are these numbers based on sales like just of base games because like from what i heard it was um micro transaction or purchasing extra content whether it's like an expansion pass a dlc or things like that were more were higher with game pass owner because they didn't buy the base game so they would often buy the deal like your extra mm. DLCs because it's like cheap for them and because they also get a, a rebate on top. But it would seem that um, what Phil was saying in 2018 was that, no, it helps them sell games. But like, I, I don't know, like a lot of the Microsoft games that are permanent staples in Game Pass, I won't buy unless I plan on canceling my subscription. Yeah, yeah it's an interesting one considering the context to of why this information is coming out because this information is coming out because they're trying to buy blizzard why would why would phil spencer come out and say that at one time and then now they're coming back i guess it's because it's a few years later it could be what? like a a, a, few, a few years later type thing but it's also like before um the only the only numbers we had were provided like were the ones that microsoft wanted to put publicly yeah but now okay, that- now we're we're finding this out because they're submitting this stuff because of the Blizzard activation activation yeah. acquisition. Yes, hmm. so they have to submit internal numbers because, like the the quote from Phil Spencer from 2018 um, was like, "When you put a game like Forza Horizon 4 on Game Pass, you instantly have more players of the game, which is actually leading to more sales of the game." Some people have questioned that, but when the State of the K2 launch, you saw, if you looked in the US at the NDP, you saw this game selling really well in the month it launched on Game Pass. So it's like. Does the, it, what counts as, does Game Pass download count as a sale? It does not. It's not a, it, it's not considered a buy to play sale. So it's an, in, if you can if, you can count them in your install base in your player base in your numbers of like people actually but it doesn't playing. count as sales okay so forza horizon 4 you could buy it and you can get it on game pass if someone bought it it count that money went towards sales of that game but mm-hmm. if you download it from game pass it it's doesn't not- count it doesn't count as that because i i know there's like the 
and I think it came out in a in a report, but like, you know, like they're if you're not an Xbox studio and you put your game on Game Pass, it's not for free. You have a deal with Microsoft. Oh, for like, sure. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Any content distribution like that, you're going to have a deal. So they made some money off of it. Yeah. It's just probably not as much as they just, if they put it out. Yeah. If, but, so I, I I don't know. Like a lot, I feel like for a lot of external games, they're going to feel good being on Game Pass because for indie studios, maybe they get a lump sum to help them, you know, publish, finish the game. Um, or they get some money per download. And then when you, put out like a DLC, you've got some guaranteed people that will buy the DLC. Um, I work on a live game. So for us, it's like, get you in the game, get you to unlock heroes, unlock customization, uh, you know, come back every, buy the battle so you're pass. Wearing, you're winging your options based on yeah. the business model that you're trying to do. So yeah. I, I just, sales could be one thing, but also user base can be something else. So it's a give or take here. Well, yeah, because yeah. the uh, the amount of like eyeballs that are going to be glossing over your game title on Game Pass, I'm sure, is insane mm-hmm. to, to 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 try to play, and it it it's a really nice option to have strategically for your business plan. I I think it's just like right now, it's just raw numbers, and people are saying are letting the numbers say what they want to say. Um, They're spitting so, the numbers based yeah, so on yeah. I, I want to know, like, yeah, okay, so it's from 2018 and 2020, now 23, now you're wrong. It is cannibalizing, like, actual, like, title sales. I want to know, like, for the publishers or that are putting their games on Game Pass, is it worth it, though? Is it a good return on investment versus, like, yeah, it's cannibalizing your sales, but would you have had the reach without Game Pass? That that's why I'm saying it's a it's a balance game of what do you what is your end goal and what is more important to you for some people it may be active players and numbers and people who touch it but then for other people it may be just raw money. It's it's like I I don't know if it's still the case but you remember when we worked in radio in Montreal like when the rating season came out somehow oh, every, yeah. every radio station was number one. Yes. Oh yes. I know. And then you read the, the <laughs> asterisks and they're like, in this segment of the population, in this particular geographical location, we're number one instead of like, it's just, this is a bit what it is. But I, I just love that this clusterfuck and these little like white lies, PR white lies are being um, deconstructed uh, because now like actual like federal bodies and legislative bodies are like, you want to buy this motherfucker? Let us. We need your numbers. We need your finances. Like we don't. We don't want like your PR. Like this is all a numbers game. Yep. This is competition. This is IPs. This is employees, livelihood. Like, is there budgets. any industry who has been this secretive for this long about how the sausage is made? Oh, I have to believe so. So far, because like, like I think like even like movies and Hollywood is an open book nowadays because of like Actra and things like that. Unions. yeah, Publishing, yeah. like even like with publishing books. 
Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It just, I feel like we're in the era of learning about the business that is games and technology way more than we have in the past. Yeah. It was all so secretive. So everything. And we've had so many cases now where it is put in front of a trial in front of, in front of judges and whoever else or governing bodies that are tr- supposed to be looking out for the consumer's best interest. And yeah, we're just learning so much about the inner workings of yeah. these businesses that was so top secret before. Yeah, and we might be getting more of it with ticket sales with uh, Ticketmaster now. Oh, don't even forward. get me started. Yeah. <laughs> it, ju- it just takes <laughs> all of the controversial topics on this recording. Oh yes. my God, this, this is a spicy one. Three hours long That's and it. you're going to need therapy after. Like, yeah, you're going to talk to your therapist about this. Yes. Oh um, my God. I think we need to get into another dark one because Joelle's got one that uh, before we get into the fun that was the Nintendo Direct, Joelle's got another one that's a little bit on the spicy side. I know. Well, because we had talked about it before uh, with The Last of Us uh, creator, but uh, Kotaku published a story talking how the Metroid Prime Remastered uh, that was recently dropped, um, the original developers who worked on the game for the GameCube, the original game, uh, were left off of the credit scene and they feel a certain way about it. They feel snubbed. So Zoid Kirsch was a senior engineer on the original Metroid Prime game and he has a quote in the article saying that he thought the remaster was, quote, wonderful and, quote, should be played and enjoyed. But he was disappointed that he and his former colleagues were reduced to uh, being credited as original GameCube and Wii version development staff and not called out by name for being the original creators of the game. So they had just a generic tag of, like, yeah. shout out to the people that originally made this game, but they didn't actually but list didn't any game. Them. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Another person um, that was on the original uh, dev team, Jack Matthews, thought that the team's exclusion was, quote, shameful, and that he acknowledges that his own code was probably replaced, but many of the original team members' work appeared to be largely unchanged. And so he believed that the remastered uh, included um, certain like arts. I I don't want to like, I don't know all the technical jargon cat would know more about this, but um, that a lot of the original art style um, was used for the remastered. And he just thinks that people should get credit where credit is due. Um, And I just think it, yeah, goes back to uh, the point of, if you've you know left the project too early uh and you, you didn't stick it out and you you'll get the credit for it um i don't know like a part of me at first like thinks like that's true like yeah could you maybe have given a little bit more of a of a nod mm-hmm. especially for a metroid game like such a beloved and like popular franchise um but i wonder how it works for remastered and but it's and, not and a remake. It is a remaster. Remaster, so yeah. It's yeah. not like taking so. something from another medium and transferring it to something else like Last like, of Us. This is like you built off what they did. Yeah. It's like Final Fantasy VII, the gameplay. The story is similar. The character is similar. But they, they rebuild the entire thing and the gameplay like and the combat system to be a modern take compared to like the turn base and what it was. So this is like 
a remake, a remaster. Um, yeah, that means that all the game design system, the gameplay, like all of these like system that say like, and these level design and things like that, even if they were like rebuilt for a new system, if they haven't retouched on this, like this is still the intellectual property and the work of these original designers. Yep. I can understand the programmer being like, well, they didn't use my code. I'm like, but if they're still using the game design documents from back then to yep. rebuild it, those yeah. game design documents, the people that build those, those documents, it's still accurate. And the original yeah. like design and concept artists and 3D modelers and level artists and character artists that built the original assets. Maybe you had to rebuild some of these assets, but you didn't have to redesign them. Yep. So I don't it's, know. Like I, I get what he says. This is a weird one. I get what yeah. he says. I think it, there should be a spot for them to credit the, the original. I don't know like if it was worth it to like really like people, do people really read the entire credits in the video games? They could have put it in the video game just because I don't know, maybe it's a smaller team than the average AAA game so I wouldn't scroll for two hours or at least have the list somewhere on the website for them to go. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I, I think there should have been, been, have been yeah, a, bit, a bit of a nod, a, a bigger of a nod uh, because when I looked at Zoid's um, Insta, not, well, not Instagram, I looked at his Twitter page. Um, he has a pin tweet from July of 2021 that he said that after 32 years of making games, he's retiring. So, I mean, he's a industry staple, you mm -hmm. know, and obviously his, his fingerprints are on kind of big games. So I just, it, yeah, I think I'd be, I'd be a little hurt too. <laughs> and I'd be like, Hey, yeah. like, where's my, just, just my credit. Cause he obviously is, it wasn't his first thing. Like he's been a part of it and to kind of not be acknowledged, I think is. It's just you, you credit erasure is such a problem in the video game industry. And we were talking about how like, it's so secretive and yeah. NDAs and things like that. Like it's hard. It's hard for people to prove that you worked on a game. If like, and especially in a toxic industry like that, like how many people left a studio to uh, escape an abuser and they erase the credits. And if people call that studio, be like, Did this person work on this project, they can be like, no. Yeah. To me, that's wild. I'm just like, wow. I considering it's just some text. Why not just add everybody? Yeah. That's kind of how I feel. I'm like, yeah, it's a, not that I think it would be easy, but it's also like, what? Yeah, why not? Why not? It's so yeah. like in a game, game credits though, like is so political and like, oh. I, it's it it's weird because um like because like I work on a live game. What they do is they don't put the credits in games, but they update the website every year with like you know who worked on year one, who worked on year three. I think like Rainbow Six does similar things, but like that hasn't been updated since I joined for honor. So if you look for me on Moby games, which is like the, the website that scraped games credits and at, and creates account and whatever I yeah. was credited on a bunch of Ubisoft games when I worked in marketing. Yeah. And my e-com team was because they grabbed, like they scrape all of HQ and whatnot. So if you look me up on Moby games, um, you'll see me credited for like Assassin's Creed origins, Odyssey for Far Cry five, Far Cry new dawn. Um, I think I left before Far Cry six and Valhalla. So I, and so I don't have those credits, but like a bunch of like games that were made in Montreal, they will list like the entire marketing department that helped launch the game. Mm -hmm. um, and I probably have more credits 
than people that actually work on those games and left halfway through. And because like for honor hasn't updated the credits uh, on their website section in a while. And I don't know why I didn't ask, but like, I don't have credits on Moby games for something that I do every fucking day. Like there's a lot of me in for honor right now at this point, I've been on this project for two years. Yeah. Um, and at every ship, every update, every new season, there's more of me in there, but I don't yeah. have a credit. But at the same time, it's like I'm not on a toxic team. So it's if like people were to ask my colleagues, do you work with this person? They'd be like, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, what do I have to show for? Like, I'm not really protected. I'm at the mercy of HR or whatnot. Like, and that's a problem in video game industry. And I think a lot of like the unionization effort in other media industry has protected people for credit for crediting um, so that they could. Because, like, how many people work on movies, Marvel movies, in advance? And, you know, well, if that's, they... that's why it has that huge lineup. Like, they'll have, like, the big title ones. Then they'll do, like, their little skit. And then yep. they'll have a whole thing they they mm-hmm. roll off, you know? like and, and to come back to, like, previous news story where, like, why do, there's, do they uh, have so much secrecy compared to everything else? This is the lack of unions. Lack of unions and lack of regulation. Yeah. And like Facebook got hit when, you know, the Congress started looking into what is Facebook's business model. And it turns out it was selling private information. And now they're like, Ew. Yep. and now Facebook yeah. is taking a big hit. Like, you know, video games is the same. They're like, move. they're moving into the big, big boy business and doing big acquisitions. So that means like government bodies are like, okay, let us see your, let's see, let's see your books, open them up, crack them open. Um, let's go. Um, and I think that's also the issue with uh, credits and possibly why this person is saying this. Because in the end, it's something that they've worked on taken from them. And in some cases, maybe some people were were owed royalties. Yeah, potentially. For sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it, like the average game dev, but like... it's it. All of this stuff has opened up a magnifying glass on this industry that I feel like we're seeing from all different angles now that there are places for improvement and definitely in the crediting is one of them. Yep. And there should be a system around that. I don't feel it's right. Especially this is a direct like yep. lineage. Like you can, you can see the line, right. Of, of yep. influence. So definitely um, there needs to be some sort of unification around that. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever get there, but it is something that pro- should happen. It'll, it'll happen. I mean, there's more and more movements towards unionization. And like I said, Microsoft wanting to buy Activision Blizzard is just going to put more government bodies like in the know of what's happening in the industry and possibly regulate them and be like, you know, we had laws about this. They apply to you. You just ignore them. So you're going to have to like, hey, here's a fine and now follow them. Yeah. All right, folks, let's move on to Nintendo Direct because it's what I led this episode with. And we're now based on the recording doc, an hour and a half in. This may (laughs) be a record for us, except for like a game night or something. Um, Okay, so last week, last Wednesday, we had a Nintendo Direct. Mm -hmm. um, And it's the first one we've had in quite a while. um, Looking at all the stuff that was coming out in 
the first half of the year, I want to say, really yep. more concrete, um, de- you know, games that we're going to see in the next six months or so. Um, and on NintendoLife.com, they have this big grid with like all of the different games that were announced, which considering how fat, like I didn't feel like there was that much, like it was well paced when we were watching the direct, but like, dang, they announced a lot. Um, is there anything that sticks out for you folks? And should we just get the elephant of the room first of the trailer for Zelda Tears of the Kingdom? Oh, hell yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I know you guys lost your shit for fantasy life. And I was like, <laughs> oh, good for you. But as soon as the Zelda trailer came out, I was like, fantasy life, who? We don't In our defense, one. I never expected another fantasy life ever again. So yeah, as soon as that. I saw that fire, I was like, Allie. <laughs> Yeah, as soon as that Zelda trailer came on, I, I think I shouted to myself in my condo, oh, fuck yeah. I was really <laughs> excited. I was like, this is this is what I've been waiting for. And it was great. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Nintendo. Thank you for the so, food. This also, I think this also will confirm that it, the game will come out in May. I, yeah, it looks like it's full steam yeah. ahead. I know yep. a lot of people had some apprehension on if it was actually going to make, what is it, the 12th of May? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. well, yeah, it looks like we can pre-order the thing now. Yep, so, we can. It's uh, open yeah. for pre-order, and I think it is going to be 70 bucks US. I think so. Yeah. So yeah. It, they've moved up their, uh, the, the tier. That was going to be $100 Canadian. Oh. Yeah, I mean, Oof. I've been thinking about buying those two game ticket things. The vouchers. Vouchers. Because yeah. people have been using it for Tears of the Kingdom. So I'm like, that makes one game cheaper at least. Um, yeah, because I want to yeah. buy Fire Emblem Engage. So I should get those vouchers and buy those two games that way. And it'll be cheaper. Yeah, I think um, we have to like the 24th or something to decide. Because, yeah, I'm just trying to... I know I'm going to get Fantasy Life, but I do Do I think Fantasy Life is going to be a $70 game? Honestly? I don't know. But there's I definitely have, a lot coming. With, with Nintendo, it's... Yeah, maybe. $70 but, games in my head. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what else was interesting to you folks? Um, I, I'm really into Blanc. Um, anything I can play with my friend Uva Couch Co-op, I'm into um yeah that's on my to playlist nice i just have to get the lady to sit with me um, <laughs> so that we can capture uva for a few minutes <laughs> I, I i mean i always like back i backlog a bunch of couch co-op because at one point um you know she just shows up one day she's like i don't feel good feed me i'm like yes and then we end up playing games on the couch <laughs> um so I always have like a backlog of the uh, couch co-op game. That's how we ended up playing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one. Played the. Uh... Nice. Everything else looks. Um. Just like there's a lot of just extra content, like a booster course pack for Mario Kart Deluxe. They already announced the expansion pass for Fire Emblem Engage. There's Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Is that two, a remake? Three. Uh, it's like uh i don't know it's deluxe maybe it has extra stuff splatoon 3 is an expansion pack xenoblade Uh, xenoblade chronicle 3 expansion pack yeah there's definitely a lot there um i am even more intrigued by disney illusion island now mm -hmm. Uh, i picked up bayonetta serza what is it bayonetta Origins, serza and the lost demon um i'm really intrigued by that Yep, Minecraft I, Legends is like a must buy. Gonna just happen. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Who are we kidding? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, interesting to see We Heart Ka- uh, Katamari re-roll in Royal Rivery. Um, that's going to be interesting, bringing back uh, that roly-poly game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is Pikmin I, 4, is that a new game or is that a that remake? Will, that will be new. That that's will a be new, new, title, new right? Yeah. I, I lost track of that one. I Watching the trailer for uh, Cereza, The Lost Demon, I thought that looked better. Like I was more intrigued by it when it when it first uh got announced. I was like, oh, I wasn't sure, but I thought this uh trailer did it justice. So I think my interest is more peaked. And I also kind of loved speaking on nostalgia that they released the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance for Nintendo Online if you have a subscription. So I actually immediately went to Game Boy and started to look at titles because there were some games for Game Boy that I wanted to play but never. I got to, I got a Game Boy Color, but I got it really late in life because um, my my brother kind of sucked up all the all of the uh, gaming uh, budget in the family. Mm. <laughs> so I had to kind of scrape and claw my way into into gaming. But uh, so I thought that was great. Um, that was really cool to see. And the Dead Cells returned to Castlevania. I think what a mashup. Like, yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> Nintendo right now is big into like finding people that make that indie games that make yeah. inspired by and just be like, yeah, just have the IP. Cause like Dead Cell was very much a, a Metroidvania pixel inspired thing. Yeah. And they just like was like, fuck it, do a Castlevania DLC. Like how Crypt of the Necrodancer we were like, oh, that feels very Zelda-ish. That'd be good, like yeah. with like classic Zelda stuff. And they made yeah. Uh, they made, they literally, what was it called? But they made the uh, Zelda version. Uh, cheese, the wheeze. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, uh, something of Hyrule. Cadence. Uh, Cadence of Hyrule, yeah. It was like, yeah. it starts with a C. Yeah. I can't yeah, think of it. And that was I, fun. I, yeah, I love uh, that game. And all, both can it by Canadian Studios, by the way, I think. Ooh. If I remember correctly, Dead Cells, or am I? Oh. That sounds was in my backlog. So, and actually, I've also wanted to always play a Castlevania game. So I'm like, well, maybe this is just where I'm gonna. Maybe this is where I'm gonna start. Mm. Where are they? Yeah. Thirty six announcements, if I counted correctly, a second ago. A um, it was a lot. And then, of course, the big thing was the shadow drop of Metroid Prime Remastered, which nobody had anticipated. It just was like, bam, it's here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so big day for Nintendo. Um, yeah, lots coming, which is nice because I felt like we didn't know a whole lot. And now we know we're getting some stuff. And yeah. like they had said, most of this is supposed to be out in the first six months of the year. So that's yeah. great. It was a strong direct. Like, you're, you're right. We're like, what is Nintendo doing? We're kind of like, what is going on? And it's like, yeah. oh, this is what's going on. Oh, this okay. But no hardware drop either but yeah i don't know what's going on there they're so nintendo has been so good with improving and iterations and obviously like collector versions based on a game release but then like reiterating and all this kind of stuff i'm actually really surprised we haven't gotten anything yet so we'll have to wait and see on that yeah a little uh, tidbit of story on saturday i was like wow these joy cons are fucked uh, so i walked to the closest electronic shop that had joy cons in stock bought some a fucking a hundred dollars yeah yeah they're uh, racy it's ish. i was like my god um and i i decided to buy new ones because 
the left one has drift and the right one the casing is broken oh. so i was like i could buy a repair kit but like i'll just go buy new ones but like by the time i got to the cash and the guy was like yeah it's gonna be a hundred dollars and 15 cents please do you want the extra warranty for 16 dollars?" i was like no i do not wow <laughs> i thought i was spending like under a hundred but like at, i forgot i forgot how like nintendo hardware is expensive for something that's gonna drift in two months like, yeah i uh plan on shipping some of mine back because i bought some joy cons i end up using my uh pc optimum points mm -hmm. nice though that's yeah. smart like they, yeah, they didn't I've have done them the... in stock by my yeah so my i bought shoppers. the i bought the orange and the purple ones um the box is actually right there but yeah it they're they're not cheap man they are not cheap and they will drift so. yeah the i got my original pair i got the blue and red and the blue one drifted like almost immediately and i'm like well this sucks and i got it when the in 2017 when it came mm. out and i still have it replaced the yeah but that's the thing is you I need just, controllers well and i but i just don't play it handheld that much and so i so i got a pro controller oh there and you I'm go like, so i you know i don't need to to use it and so but now now that i've been playing more i'm like no i have to, I have to buy them now but i didn't want to because of the price point i'm like mm. i have other things i want to buy in my budget and like i don't want to have to pay for this mm. and now i'm just gonna have to do it but oof, mm. oof. That's anyway. Um, please, Nintendo, if you put out a Switch that's more powerful and has no drift, I will save we'll up buy. and buy it. We will buy that way by before I buy a PlayStation Five. <laughs> oh, all right, ladies, we have gabbed a lot this episode. Uh, we are <laughs> almost at the two-hour point. Holy shit! We are verbose today. Use my big words. <laughs> and with that, it's time to close out this show. I invite you to check out the show notes on girlsongames.ca for links to all the stories mentioned this episode. Thank you, Catherine, for always putting that together. Uh, if you could help us out um, and you have the power to rate and review a podcast where you're consuming it, I'd uh, be much appreciated if you could do so. Why? It helps with discovery. We listen to or read all the comments. Um, and yeah, it really helps to push us up in the rankings so people can find us. Uh, as always, I want to thank the crew for being on the show with me this week. Give them a chance to shout out their social media handles so you can follow them everywhere online. Catherine, where can people find you? I am CSDSBINS, CSDBIN on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me for photos of my tattoo because I will post absolutely. If I'm spending that kind of money on it, I will show everybody and their mother. Cannot wait to see it. Cannot wait. What time do you go in on Saturday? Noon. And Ooh. how long should it take? Mm. I mean, two my hours. lemons took about an hour and a half, two hours. Okay. I'm I'm thinking this is going to be a two, three hour session. Okay. Max, like it's not a big piece. It really depends on the details she puts in. I okay. don't, I have no idea what the image is going to be because I asked for custom and I booked really close, like right fucking now. So I don't think I'll see it before I get there. That's going to be exciting, though. A present on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Joelle, where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram at JoelleLauren87 and on Twitter at Gamer underscore Comfy. 
Nice. I'm Leah Jewer, most social media platforms, but of course you want to know everything there is to know about Girls on Games. You can track us down at The Girls on Games on Twitter and Facebook. Just Instagram, uh, it has just Girls on Games, no thought in there. Discord.me slash Girls on Games to continue this convo and more, but of course if you ever need to know anything at all, you can track it down at our home base, that is our website, girlsongames.ca. Thank you, Kat. Thank you, Joelle. It's been another lovely week in games, and I'm excited to play more things. Yay! Yay! Talk to y'all later! Bye! Bye. Bye.